Graham, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady? Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom Brady. You got a big dream board with like it's just broken got Tom Brady's Brady head on it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller? I would say never. Never felt this optimistic at all. The future of the franchise is locked in. Let's talk Bills. Finally, regular season games are coming. We are here to preview the week one matchup against the New York Jets in New York on Monday Night Football. I'm Graham, and with me, as always, is Eric. How pumped are you? I am at a loss for words. Honestly, I've even like forgotten there are other games. Like There are games on today at 1 o'clock, and I just uh, dawned on me that there will be football on today because I just have only been thinking about Bill's Jets as like the only thing that matters. I'll even admit, I didn't even watch the Chiefs-Lions game on Thursday night. Whoa. It. I was glued to pro football talk all, I guess it was, yeah, all Thursday, all Friday, reading every single little bit of information I could from that game. Crazy stuff, man. Lions, 1-0. It's great news because, obviously, if we want the one seed in the conference, you're going to need the Chiefs to take some hits. So it's always good to have them lose to a, a NFC team, right? Because that doesn't help anyone in our conference sure. get a leg up yeah. on us. That's like a win-win scenario. I think from the sounds of things, it's not necessarily that like the wheels are falling off the Chiefs and they're done for. It was more like one crazy play that the Lions took advantage of and Travis Kelsey didn't play. And, you know, week one is crazy. Yeah, I mean, so. Week one's crazy, which is why it is always scary to do our survivor league week one which we will be doing at the end of this episode making our survivor picks but uh yeah you said it best the chiefs were definitely a few men down they did not have travis kelsey they did not have their all pro defensive lineman chris jones and they don't know when he's going to be back so the lions played a great game by all accounts but the chiefs were definitely playing with basically one hand tied behind their back and they didn't get any help either from the fact that uh uh, Kadarius Tony, a big time preseason favorite of a lot of people, dropped four passes that game. Was he the four one passes. who bobbled the pick? Yes, he was. Yeah. Right off his hands into the hands of Brian Branch. It's pretty Rookie. ugly. Pretty yeah, ugly man. throw. Uh, you got to blame Patrick Mahomes for that one for sure. He's past his prime, obviously. So <laughs> nothing to be concerned about. At first, about. <laughs> I was getting ready to jump down your throat, and then I realized you were being sarcastic. Have you seen like the still frame of, can you believe this became a pick six? Because it's like from the perspective of behind Patrick Mahomes right after he's thrown it, and it looks like the ball is safely in Tony's hands, and he's oh. like alone in the middle of the field, it looks like in this picture, and it just says, this somehow was a pick six. Because wow. it's just, no, it was a great throw, but an insanely yeah. terrible play by the wideout. Uh, yeah. But not to talk too much about other teams in the NFL. We got a lot of business to get to. The Bills are playing the Jets tomorrow night. And so we have a lot to talk about here. We're going to dissect this Bills roster and break down how we feel about it by position. We'll obviously compare the Bills position groups to the Jets position groups um, and then give a score prediction as well. So um, I say we get right into how we feel the Bills will fare this season. And maybe we start with quarterback. 
Yeah, man. Quarterback, uh, I've got them at an 8 out of 10. If it was just talking about the starting quarterback position, I'd say, you know, 10 out of 10, obviously, Josh Allen. But the fact that the Bills have stuck with Kyle Allen after a very subpar preseason showing uh, makes me worry about their backup position just in case anything did happen to Josh Allen. I mean, he was dealing with some elbow stuff at the end of last season, was a little bit banged up, and depending on how his offensive line plays this season, could happen again. It would be nice to have a backup you can depend on. So I subtract two points from the total score for their subpar backup. Two points seems a little harsh. I mean, if having Josh Allen as your starting quarterback to start the year healthy is not a 10 out of 10, then I just can't understand what would be. So yeah, would it be nice to have a good backup? Sure. Well, we're looking at the position group overall, not just the player. Like I said, if it's just a starting 11 on offense, these would be very different scores. But like in terms of the depth as well, that does play a factor for me. Yeah, I I think it does for me for most positions, but quarterback's not one of those positions where you rotate. And again, if Josh gets hurt, it's just terrible news no matter what, no matter who's your backup. I don't want the Bills investing massive resources in a backup quarterback anyway. So to me, Josh is your starting quarterback. He's healthy. He's the cover of Madden. He's ready to go. That's a 10 out of 10 in my book. Um, I understand being concerned about the backup quarterback position. I don't understand how that translates into minus two. but. I guess we have our respective differences on opinion for this particular position. Whoa, wait a second. Weren't you the one, was it two seasons ago when Mitch Trubisky was the backup? You said that you wanted to keep Mitch Trubisky because it's good to have a good backup behind Josh Allen, or was that? Sure. Am I getting that confused? I'm, well, if you're understanding what I'm saying right now to mean that I would not take a better backup quarterback then I think there's a misunderstanding. I would no, love a better I just mean that the backup position is still pretty important, I think, even if we do hope, obviously, that Josh plays all 17 games without any injury questions or anything like that. But that idea, yeah, that Josh might go down is enough to keep me up at night in a way that, yeah, I feel totally comfortable taking away two points from the overall position just because... I would argue that Kyle Allen is one of the worst backups in the league. Mm. If that's true, then call me a nine. But for now, I'm sticking with 10 because we've got one of the best starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think there's not you shouldn't read too much further into it. Most teams don't use their backup quarterback at any point. Yeah, I'd like to see how our differences in approaching this uh, come to light a little bit as we go on. Why don't you start with running back, though? Running back for me is a seven. Because I'm optimistic that James Cook could be a great running back, uh, but we haven't really seen him handle any sort of major workload. And the backups behind him are geriatric. So I'm concerned that if he gets hurt, we could go down a long list of injured running backs and not be healthy at that position. Right. But if he's good, we're in pretty good position here. So I'm right on that bubble between super comfortable with this and a little bit tentative. Okay. I go five. 0.5 out of 10 on this now you're into decimals oh my gosh scale is getting tough to manage (laughs) okay 5.5 out of 10 and what you said about james cook being unproven is totally the reason why i mean he's the bills have given him basically free reign in the backfield it seems like heading into this season he's going to be the unquestioned starter and we didn't see him 
handle any kind of load last season. He did have some splash plays. Definitely won me my bet of the over on three touchdowns. So thank you for that, James. But uh, Damian Harris dealt with some injuries this offseason. Latavius Murray's 33 years old. And yeah, I just feel like this backfield is completely unproven and has a lot to uh, show us from Ken Dorsey's second season as offensive coordinator. Who knows how he's going to, I don't know, if he's going to ride the hot hand or try to make one of these guys the workhorse. Hopefully James Cook, but I don't know. I, I feel 5 out of 5, 5.5 out of 10 on this. It's fair to point out, though, that the the amount of time that James Cook played last year, he was an effective running back. He was very good at, at running the ball when he was given the opportunity to run the ball. Sure. Except for the very first snap of his career when he fumbled. That wasn't so good. <laughs> but everything else was good uh, other than the pass blocking. So that's kind of another part of this that I'm a little worried about. Hopefully they've improved there. But running back's not going to be their Achilles heel this season. Not, I'm pretty sure of that. All right. On to wide receiver. At wide receiver, I'm a 7 out of 10. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I'm a 7 out of 10 because I love Stefan Diggs. Gabe Davis, I think, you know, the stink of last season kind of washed off over this offseason. And, and I think we were all a little harsh on him. And I'm hoping he can come back with a bounce back season. But again, it's kind of the unproven nature of the guys behind them. Trent Sherfield, uh, Deontay Hardy, they have gotten significant playing time for other teams but we don't know what they look like in this system and as great as i feel about stefan diggs as a player i don't know if all of the drama from this offseason is in the past if he is going to be a good soldier and going to work every day with a smile on his face or if he's going to get upset if things don't go his way early on in the season or at any point in the season really so put me at a seven out of ten for wide receiver Man, I was torn here whether to go nine, but I went eight. Oh, um, okay. I think, again, my logic is similar to with the quarterback position. If you've got an elite receiver on your team, I think eight's your floor. I mean, any team would kill to have a guy like Steph Diggs. So you got Steph Diggs, it's, it's probably at least an eight. Um, and Gabe Davis, you know, by all accounts, he's been excellent in the offseason. He's been such a leader. I think they gave him the, one of the captain um, positions. And he's yeah. going to be playing for a contract. So I think he's going to have a great year. The only problem is the depth behind them to me is just a little bit unproven. You really don't know what you're going to get. And Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield, it looks great so far. They looked good in training camp. And um, theoretically, it should be a good receiving core. But I don't think I can give you a nine without knowing a little bit more of a sure thing there behind Gabe Davis and Steph Diggs. So um going with an eight i'm pretty confident that they've got one of the better receiving cores it's just a matter of getting on the field to prove it we do have to mention khalil shakir has a little bit to prove heading into his second season as well but graham you're not at all concerned with all the drama surrounding stefan diggs earlier this offseason you think that's all in the past now i don't like drama but i think every team's got it and i think that's over and done with so yeah i don't think okay. if i brought that up right now i think it would be to suggest that other teams have less of a problem with their star players. You just mentioned the Chiefs have a holdout, right? So like every team's dealing with drama, and I don't think the Bills are any exception there. I think maybe part of the exception is that it should be done with. It seems done with. He's a captain. He came out and said it was nothing. That's the kind of stuff you need him to say publicly. So go out on the field and win some games, and I think it's all under the bridge. All right. Tight end, you start us out. Well, 
I think Dawson Knox is a very good tight end, and I think they drafted a great tight end, but I'm hesitant to say that Dalton Kincaid's gonna like unload and be rookie of the year or something like that. Like some of these fantasy drafts that I've been in, he's going in like the sixth round as like tight end seven or eight. I think it's early to assume he's gonna make a huge difference on the field. Tight ends typically don't do that. Kyle Pitts didn't even do anything as a rookie, uh, although he got hurt, I guess. So I think he's very good, but I'm going to say the tight end group is an eight because they've got a lot of talent there, but it's not by any means an established um, elite group of tight ends as far as production is going to be concerned. So eight right now, pencil me in for a nine or a 10 next year. All right. I have tight end is my tied for highest grading heading into the season. They are nine out of 10 for me. I love the combination of Dawson Knox, who has improved as both a receiver and a blocker throughout his career and a weapon like Dalton Kincaid. And I totally understand your justification, not going higher, but for me, it's about the players at the position as well. And I I think it's more about the players at the position. So like, it's not a knock against them. If Ken Dorsey doesn't find a way to, involve Dalton Kincaid as a rookie. I think he's fully capable of being uh, a Kyle Pitts-esque receiver. And Kyle Pitts, remember, he did have a bad season last year, but actually his rookie year, he went over a 1,000 yards. I do not see Dalton Kincaid doing that, but I do think that he could, I don't know, manufacture half of that, and it wouldn't surprise me at all, even as a rookie. So tight end for me, 9 out of 10. I feel very good about the players that the Bills have at that position, including... Q Morris, Quentin Morris, man. Yeah, don't forget. Really good third tight end. Don't forget Quentin Morris. He's a big deal. Um, Showed that he can be reliable in the preseason again, and he's just been on the roster for a few years, kind of hanging around. He finally earned his spot. I think this has got to be the first year that he's been on the roster week one, right? Oh, yeah? Uh, I think I don't think uh, he's made the opening day roster before. I thought he was last year, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Um, Maybe maybe they kept him... uh, on the practice squad until they could get Tommy Sweeney on injured reserve. My thing with tight ends, though, is you even like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, um, like you don't hear tight ends get drafted and then be a stud. And I think I've, you know, read that a lot of it is the amount of responsibility that's put on a tight end's plate is maybe a little greater than it is for some of these other positions. Like oftentimes their duties as a pass catcher, like what a receiver would have to deal with, a difficult route tree and all the different calls and situations you have to manage are then piled onto by all of their responsibilities as a blocker. So there's a lot they have to learn in their first year. I think if Dalton Kincaid came out of this year with a thousand receiving yards, like you're saying Kyle Pitts did, um, he would be the rookie of the year because that would be an unbelievable feat for a first year tight end. But I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting that next year. No, This year, I think he's going to be, just getting his feet wet in this Bills offense. I think, or I hope at least, that they do not kind of overburden him with responsibility as a rookie. I hope that the idea is, yeah, Dawson Knox is our blocking guy. He's the guy who can kind of do it all for us. And then when we need those uh, first down plays on short or intermediate throws, that's when we go to Dalton Kincaid. So I know what you mean. I just feel pretty good about the players at the position right now. Offensive line, however, (laughs) is a bit of a different story because on the one hand, I do believe that the Bills have upgraded the position significantly uh, during this past offseason. On the other hand, 
there's a good chance Spencer Brown stinks. <laughs> there's a good chance uh, Deion Dawkins is, you know, on the downside of his career too, like we've spoken about in past episodes. And so for me, offensive line is a 5.5 out of 10. Oh, I had a 5 flat. You got me with the point okay. 5. I didn't know we were doing decimals. Um, uh, well, I have all the same concerns you have. I think I'm confident that Mitch Morse will hold up. Um, I like the addition of Connor McGovern. Um, but I'm a little bit nervous about starting a rookie at guard. Osiris Torrance won the rookie or won the job at, at right guard, and he's going to have to go up against Quinn and Williams and um, Frank John Franklin Myers and a, a difficult defensive front this week at the Jets, uh, and it's not going to get that much easier as he goes throughout the year. So I'm concerned about that. Spencer Brown, obviously, they have all the faith in the world that he is going to be a great right tackle. He just has been getting injured, and that's why the Bills, it seems, believe that he hasn't been effective, but we don't know that. And Deion Dawkins is getting older, you know, so he was less effective last year than he was the year before. He had some weak moments in training camp. He's going on 30 years old. Uh, I'm a little concerned. Really? Oh, about this. Yeah, he's 29 right now. So he's sneaky old. I thought he was still like 28. No, he's a 2017 draft. Um, and okay. yeah, so concerned about this position. This is the one that if the season goes terribly, this is why. It's because of a bad offensive line. And I think a lot of teams right. could probably say that. So the Bills are probably not um, special in that regard, but I'm worried about this one. Fair, fair. All right, defensive line, what do you got? Uh, the defensive line is tricky because if you put Von Miller on this defensive line, then I'm loving it. But uh, right now I'm giving the defensive line a seven because I think there's a lot of, uh, hopefully you get Greg Russo, bursting onto the scene in premier form and he's hit his peak um, and finally achieved what they thought he would as a first round pick. I think that um, hopefully Ed Oliver is an elite interior defensive lineman. And the only reason that he had struggles last year is because of the injury he suffered in week one. Uh, but if all that works out, you got a great defensive line, especially once Von Miller comes back. If it doesn't, then you've still got a lot of guys you know, that you're hoping reach their potential. We hear AJ, AJ uh, Epineza is getting better and, you know, is effective now, but we don't know for sure. Um, Leonard Floyd had a good camp, but, you know, he's a, an aging player that you don't want on the defensive line, 31 years old. You don't want him starting if you can avoid it. Um, so I don't know. There's good and there's not as good. And I think the Bills are going to be okay here, but I'm not confident that it's an elite unit until. Von Miller comes back. Yeah, you and I actually have the same score here. I also have a seven, and for many of the same reasons, I like that they brought in Leonard Floyd to play across from Greg Rousseau until Von Miller can get back on the field. I think Epinesa playing in a contract year, the last year of his rookie deal, maybe it'll light a fire under him and he'll turn into the more consistent pass rusher that the Bills thought they were getting when they drafted him in the second round. But I really like the interior. I like Ed Oliver for the same reasons you mentioned. He was dealing with injuries last year, was not as effective, but he signed a big contract this offseason. And I'm hoping he's, you know, motivated to earn that contract. But I like the uh uh signing of Puna Ford as well this offseason. And I think that he can be, you know, he's not gonna be a starter, but he can be a guy that can come in and, and fill in for um 
Who am I thinking of? Tim Settle? Well, no. I mean, well, Tim Settle and Puna Ford are probably going to get on the field at the same well, time. Daquan Jones is your starter. Stuff. Yeah, Daquan but, Jones, right. Um, yeah. I like having so, Puna Ford as your kind of primary one tech backup over relying right. on Tim Settle immediately, which is what we had last year. Right. Yeah, so I like it a little bit better than I did last season, and I'm giving them a seven. Nice. I'm bummed that we're not going to have Von Miller for four weeks, so that's why I'm right. I'm, I'm hesitant to come all out and say this is going to be a great D-line, and we'll see if they can survive and get consistent pressure even without him. Uh, linebackers. This will be an interesting conversation. Huh. Uh... I have linebacker at a five. But you've got Matt Milano as one of your linebackers. How could you have a five when one is Matt Milano? Because there are two linebacker positions in this Bills base defense. And if one of them's a 10, that's awesome. I don't think Milano's a 10. You know me. I I know you're going to put him at it as a 10. He's a 10. I think he's probably like a nine, (laughs) eight, five. Uh, (laughs) For me, he's. You know, I, the other position is so totally unknown. I believe Tyrell Dodson is listed as the no, starter. No, it's going to be Tyrell uh, Bernard, man. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yep. So, okay. So it's going to be Tyrell Bernard who has been dealing with injuries all this offseason and had maybe some splash plays during camp, but we really have not seen him in any meaningful action outside of last year, his rookie season, when he looked lost at the times he was on the field so i don't know man total unknown i'm gonna give it a five seven i guess that averages out to something like a seven but i, don't I know. say seven because matt milano is an okay. unbelievable linebacker he is one of the best at the position but you're right the other position matters so you can't go out and give him a 10 if tremaine's in the middle of that defense with matt milano again it's a 10 that's the best linebacker core you could ask for like you had last year but you don't have that you got a huge question mark at the middle linebacker position and um uh, yeah, this game is going to tell us a lot about what the Bills are in for as far as managing the middle of that defense because uh, Terrell Bernard gets the starting job and he didn't even play very much in preseason because right. he got hurt immediately, which is the whole book on Terrell Bernard is that he gets hurt all the time. So I think you can expect that to happen again. And then then you got Tyrell Dodson or AJ Klein maybe well, because they didn't trust Dodson and they wanted to see Klein do it again. Um, so if Bernard goes down, then we're in real trouble. But if Matt Milano's one and of your linebackers, Matt Milano has also dealt with injuries, which that's true. You know, scares. Well, last me. year he so, was pretty good, but in the past he has dealt with a lot of injury. He missed a couple games last year, didn't he? <laughs> I don't know if he missed whole games. I want to say he missed at least one game last year, hmm. if not more. But uh, yeah, I, I just think two injury-prone linebackers as your starters. It's a little bit scary and a lot of unproven talent at the position in general. So for me, it's a five. You got seven. Uh, Cornerback. I like our corners. Did you see? So you did not uh, hear, or maybe you did hear the announcement about Terrell Bernard, but did you hear who's starting at cornerback too? Christian Benford, baby. Like, what the heck was preseason for? It's like they got to the end, and then they just flipped a coin and picked somebody. Because... (laughs) None of the signs would have pointed to it being Christian Benford based on the way they ran the last couple preseason games. Um, but anyway, I like Christian Benford. I liked how he looked last year before he got hurt. Yeah, he's a sixth-round pick, but he looked great, and he's super rangy, and he's got a lot of physical tools that I like. 
Um, I'm disappointed that it's not Kyir Elam, but I think if your depth is Dane Jackson, who's started tons of games in the league for the Bills, and Kyir Elam, who has a lot of tools and played really well when he did play last year, this cornerback group is yeah. awesome. Also, never forget Taron Johnson is really the Bills. Never. Forget. He's really the Bills cornerback too, right? Because that middle of the field yeah. is a big deal. And so when you got Trey White, who all signs point to him having a great year and bouncing back and looking like his old self, and Taron Johnson, and then your cornerback three is one of Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam. This is a pretty good position, I think, to be in. So um, when I look at the Bills cornerback group, I say make it a nine because it's a pretty good group of corners. Whoa. That's pretty wild. I have 7.5. I like Trey White, obviously. I like Christian Benford a lot. Um, and having Taron Johnson be your nickelback uh, is awesome. And Dane Jackson, Jackson has played a lot of games. Kyrie Elam, I don't know, man. Like, he was okay. He wasn't great his rookie year. There's a reason he's also not a starter, I think, even after having, uh, you know, the Bills having invested a first-round draft pick in him. So I tend to think that Trey White is maybe going to slow down a bit this season. He's entering his late 20s and still kind of, I think, maybe not the player he was prior to his big knee injury. And uh, yeah, for me, it's a 7.5. All right. I just think if if one of your corners goes down and your backup coming in is a guy who's started and played well for you for the past two years, that's a position that a lot, not a lot of defenses are in. Um, so that's I true. like it. And now safeties. Safeties get the highest grade for me outside of tight end. They, have, they are a 9 out of 10. Jordan Player and Micah Hyde both coming off injury-riddled seasons. I think Micah Hyde missed, what, 16 games or something? He was injured week one, wasn't he? Yeah, he missed the whole year, basically. Um, I don't I don't yeah. know if he got hurt in the week one game, though, because I feel like that to me is Ed Oliver, and I would remember if both of them got hurt in that game. But, yeah, right. he missed the whole year, uh, basically. Yeah, so Micah Hyde coming off a big injury as well, but... From what I remember, they were talking about him maybe being able to come back at the end of last season or at least talking about it and stuff like that. So uh, I tend to think hopefully he is fully recovered from that neck injury he suffered. Um, I really like Jordan Poyer. I do think he looked a little bit older last season, but again, he was also dealing with some nagging injuries. So if these guys are both healthy, they form one of the best safety tandems in the league. And then behind them, you have Taylor Rapp, who is a guy who started a lot of games for the Rams, was a second-round draft pick, and he's here on a one-year prove-it deal, which makes me think that he's going to be playing his ass off to uh, get a big contract next season. And then DeMar Hamlin, the, you know, he's got to be like the favorite. I don't look at Vegas or odds or anything like that, but just by playing or appearing in a game, he's got to be probably the favorite to win comeback player of the year. Yeah, he's going to win it. dying on the field no. last season. No chance he does not win it. I don't know what he would have to do to not win comeback player of the year. Um, I also give the safety position a nine. The only reason I'm not saying 10, because I think this is one of the best safety tandems in the NFL, is just age, because these two are getting up there. They're both around 32 years old. They might both be 32 years old. Um, And I just think that having two safeties that are in your 30s is you know, starting to ask for trouble. Obviously, last year, age caught up with these guys and are whatever injury caught up with them. So 
two great safeties. I agree. There's some good depth at safety, but I can't give uh, two 32 year old safeties a 10 out of 10. I don't think it's just a little bit too concerning for me. All right. We agree. Nice. Special teams. Okay, Graham. Yeah. Special teams. I got them at a seven. Hmm. Um, I said eight. No analysis. And we'll move on. <laughs> it's specialties. <laughs> uh, here's all I'll have to say about this. I'm a huge fan of Tyler Bass, but he missed a couple kicks in the preseason. So yeah. I don't want to give him a 10. And also, Matt Martin's our punter. Um, and, you know, from Matt Martin, Sam Martin. Bro. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me change my grade then. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy named Martin punting for us, and his name isn't Brian Mormon. So we can't write a 10 in here. Uh, going right. to have to be that's fair up in the air for him so uh, that's that but we got good old turd ferguson back for another he season helps. i like having turd back a steady hand at long snap good old like wait that. in the parking lot so we can fire you and hire you again turd ferguson every year <laughs> exactly. yeah. okay i saw when i was home there was some news story about him uh starting his own hot sauce business but yeah i think and i'm half convinced that Get him gifting hot sauces, which featured heavily in the story, uh, played a role in him coming back this season. Not that he's bad or anything, but I just feel like, you know, like, I don't know. Long snapper, it's probably just more about if people actually like you than how you can perform your job. Oh, man. I Do you remember who the long snapper was before Turd Ferguson? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I do. I remember. <laughs> I'm going to forget Turd Ferguson basically as soon as he's not. Because these anymore. guys stay on the so. rosters forever. Garrison Sanborn sure. was the long snapper for the Bills for probably like 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Good on you for remembering. Well, when you look man. at these rosters and you're like, this guy again? What the heck? I never even see him on the field. Who is he? It stands out to you. Yeah. Florida State, maybe? Okay. I might even know his college. Yeah, you're right, Florida State. Whoa. I'm a big long snapper guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, huge <laughs> long snapper enthusiast. Okay, good for you. Yeah, all right. Ooh, Garrison Sanborn won a uh, Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay. How many years did he play for the Bills, still. though? Probably less than 10. I'm gonna say he seven. was with the Bills for seven ah. years. Se- Ooh, nice. <laughs> wow, you're a freak. Challenge me on my long snapper history. What? Okay. Mm. Okay, moving on. Uh... So we have, I, I'd say we're pretty similar on how we feel about this Bills team, a very talented team, but with a lot of questions relating to mostly guys coming off of injuries or old age or just a total lack of experience. Yeah. So the basic stuff. I'm curious to see how uh, our grades from this season will end up going against the grades heading into next season. That's why I kind of wanted to do that heading into week one. I like it. Yeah. And now that we've talked about all the position groups for the Bills, Maybe this would be a good time to run through how we think those stack up against this week's opponent, the New York Jets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do this basically just, uh, you know, put them up against each other, the starters or the positions as a whole and see who we think has the advantage. Are there, we doing right? the bundling of the position groups that you hate? <clears throat> you know, skill position. Oh, you can do whatever you want, man. Front seven on defense secondary front seven we can bundle yeah i think it's worth though separating um the skill positions at least okay well let's start with all quarterback. right so let's start at quarterback yeah uh i got josh Allen. Yeah. i don't think there's any question Definitely. here aaron Rodgers won back-to-back mvps 
uh, a season ago, but he was not that same player last year in Green Bay, Green Bay, and he's going to be coming to the New York Jets. And as nice as Hard Knocks was, making it look like he meshed very well with all of his new teammates, I think there is going to be an adjustment period. And so I'm going with Josh. Yeah, I think it's hard to make the case that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback right now than Josh Allen is. So it's an easy Josh Allen pick here. Um, how about running sure. back? Running back, this is maybe the easiest call for me. This is the New York Jets. Uh, they list Brees Hall, who was probably the front runner for Offensive Rookie of the Year, as their starter, even though he's coming off of uh, ACL tear, I think, like big knee injury. Dalvin Cook, Pro Bowl running back, who's brand new to the offense, but coming over from Minnesota, uh, is listed as their backup and then michael carter a very talented third down back is their third stringer so i think any one of those guys could start for the bills day one and uh yeah the bills are just kind of trying to see if james cook can be their bell cow back or how much juice latavius murray has yeah i think that um Brees hall though may not even play week one so if i want to bet based on you know how the running backs look in this game um i think i still give the edge to the jets just a touch just based on uh, the experience level of dalvin cook but i like the way things stack up in the bills favor if Brees Hall doesn't play in this game because i think the bills will be able to figure out a way to handle dalvin cook he's kind of a known commodity and the Jets may not know how to handle James Cook because he really hasn't done much in the NFL yet. So there could be an advantage there, but I'm still <laughs> to his advantage. Yeah. But I'm still going to give the edge to the Jets. All right, we agree. Wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Bills because I think the Bills have a, a great receiving core. I think the Jets might have the best receiver because Garrett Wilson is awesome. Oh. But the Whoa. rest of their receiving core isn't as up to par as Garrett Wilson is. You're taking Garrett Wilson over Stefan. I said Diggs. maybe. Yeah, he's younger. Um, he's pretty electric with the ball in his hands. But, you know, remains to be seen. Um, I love Diggs, and I think he's got a skill set that almost nobody has. But Garrett Wilson is crazy fast, super light on his feet, great hands. Um, so he could turn out to be a better receiver than Diggs even this year. But the depth behind him is not what the Bills have. Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman, um, they even brought in Randall Cobb. Like, it's just a host of guys that have supported Aaron Rodgers in the past, and they're hoping that they can just carry some consistency over to the Jets organization. So I don't like what they have outside of Garrett Wilson, but um, that's a pretty big piece. Okay, interesting. I'm a little bit higher on the Jets room i think receiver room than you are but overall i have the bills here and i was going to be the one i thought to raise a question if garrett wilson could push uh stefan diggs for the best receiver in this game i did not think that that was going to come from you first so nice for uh, surprising me there. i think he's just really I great have the bills though <sighs> yeah i do too i totally agree i just like i said i thought you were such a steph diggs fan that there would be no question in your mind who is the superior receiver out of those? I think two. right now you'd have to give um, it to Diggs, but watch this season and see if that's still true at the end of the year. And I don't think that has to mean that Diggs is bad. I think it might just mean that Garrett Wilson is like one of the two or three best players in the NFL. It could mean that. 
All right. So we both have wide receiver, although I might be a little bit higher, or we both had the Bills, although I might be a little bit higher on the Jets receivers overall than you are. Tight end, I have the Bills here because Tyler Conklin, CJ Ozoma, um, they've both been around the league for a while. Neither guy is super special. I think neither of them are as good as Dawson Knox. Maybe Tyler Conklin is close, but not quite there. And then Dalton Kincaid is your backup and hopefully X-Factor on offense, even as a rookie, I'm going with the Bills at time. Yeah, there are a few position groups like in the past, I've never picked a team to have a better safety tandem than the Bills and quarterback. It's almost never going to happen. Um, I think with tight end this year, that's going to be the case too, because most teams just don't invest in tight end like the Bills have right now. So no team is going to have the wealth of resources at that position like the Bills do. Um, and this this tight end group that the Jets have looks a lot like what most teams do with tight end. It's just a bunch of guys, like guys they found who have played here for a couple of years and then moved over to this team for a couple of years and weren't even on a team for a year. And then they got a spot. I don't think that this tight end group is scary at all to me. So the Bills for sure. All right, cool. Uh, offensive line, Graham. Oof. Both teams have bad offensive lines. Um, the Jets offensive line is bad because of injury, potentially because of injuries, but also they've been blasted in the media for having terrible coaching at the offensive line position last year too. So who knows if that's the case, but they have invested in the position with picks like, you know, Mekhi Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker over the past couple of years, whereas the, the bills have invested less, less of their resources have gone into the offensive line. Um, in this game, I'm going to pick the Bills because both of their starting tackles, both of the Jets' starting tackles are questionable for this game. Right. So if you're going into the first game of the season and your two bookends on the offensive line maybe don't play, that's a terrible position to be in. But I can see this being a position that I pick other teams over the Bills multiple times this season. So um, the Bills' offensive line lucks out this week, and I pick them. But it's probably not going to happen very often. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. I, I wanna, you know, I wanna say don't speak it into existence because for me, this Bills offensive line essentially has like a blank slate. They're a five point five on my overall ratings, like I said, because I'm hoping that as bad as they looked at times last season, a couple new faces and meshing together uh really upgrades this unit, but it remains to be seen. And I don't want to say that they're going to be bad heading into the season. I'm going to give it to the Bills offensive line over the Jets for the same reason you did, because the Jets are hurting on the offensive line already. Makai Becton, I think he was the 11th overall pick like three years ago, looked pretty good as a rookie and then just has not played since, has not been available. He seems like he's, yeah, a headache and a half. And uh, he doesn't seem like he's going to be playing this this weekend or actually Monday. The, uh, so I'm going to go with that. The bring, bills. That makes me think of the injury report thing because I was on the phone with my dad and he was asking, you know, who's hurt for the bills. Cause I think we were talking about Connor McGovern specifically, like, will he play? And I looked at the injury report. The bills have zero players anywhere on the injury report. Micah Hyde was on the report this week, but practiced in full and is no longer on the injury report. The Jets have three players on the injury report who are questionable, and that's their two starting tackles and Brees Hall. So right. in terms of 
which team has the advantage in the injury department right now? It's absolutely the Bills because the Jets are starting the Injuries year without like a, some pretty key pieces potentially. Right. But Mackay Beckton, I think, is dealing with a sickness, right? It's like in, he's on the injury report, of course, but I don't think he practiced because of an illness. So maybe, I don't know, he'll be fine. So we'll see. Hmm. He's just a weird guy to me, man. Like I don't know I anything don't know. about him personally. Uh, I don't. I feel like if you're unavailable for the large part of the first three years of your career, then you have no right to be like, I'm a left tackle. That's it. Like I'm only going to play where I prefer to play. You have no, you know, leg to stand on there for me. So that's what he did this off season. <laughs> and then proceeded to deal with conditioning issues and stuff yeah. like that. So he's a weirdo. All right. Go Bills. Go Bills. Uh, defensive line or front seven. Let's go front oh boy. seven. Um, well, no Von Miller, so I'm going to give it to the Jets here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. even with Von Miller, I think this Jets defensive line is one of the defensive lines that could give the Bills a run for their money because they've got Quinn and Williams who just got paid for a reason. He's one of the greatest at that position on the interior of the defensive line. And they've got some guys on the edge who can make a scene. Carl Lawson, unfortunately, missed, was it last season? Be- no, it was two years ago he missed this season. Two seasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tore his peck in the offseason. And then they got John Franklin Myers, who had a really good year last year, one of the better d- edge rushers in the league. So, um, you know, you combine that with Quentin Jefferson on the inside, and then obviously their linebacker position, they've got a little bit of uh, juice coming from C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams. It's a It's a good defensive front that the jets have that's the strength of their team so i would give it to the jets right right i mean the jets are so good that they have former third overall pick solomon thomas uh as a reserve defensive tackle for this team so they are beastly in the front and their linebackers i don't think are anything like cj mosley not as good as matt milano and uh quincy williams i think is a penalty machine but just because I feel confident about both of those guys having more experience than uh, Terrell Bernard, I'm going to give it to them at linebacker as well. Yeah. So overall, Jets front seven. Yep, agreed. Um, and the secondary. I Secondary or cornerback uh, safety? All right, let's do cornerback safety. I think that's more interesting. All right. Because I think the Jets are in a... Jets cornerback. You pick Jets for the cornerback position? Just because oh, yeah. of Sauce, Sauce Gardner. No, I think people sleep on DJ Reed. DJ Reed faced a lot of number one receivers last year, I think, and played really well for them, even though everybody thought he was going to be the uh, weak link in that uh, defensive backfield. And they have two um, backup cornerbacks who have also had a lot of play in their young careers. Michael Carter another Michael Carter at uh, cornerback, and then Bryce Hall, not to be confused with Brees Hall. So weird double up on names for the Jets, but it seems to work because they have very good depth at the cornerback position. Yeah, they're strong there. Uh, I'm really high on the Bills, though. I like the Bills corners. So I think Sauce Gardner probably is a better corner right now than Trey White. But I think if you had to then rank the effectiveness or... Um, the trustworthiness of all the corners that are going to be on the field tomorrow night, it would go Sauce Gardner, and then I think it would go like three or four of the Bills corners, and then you'd have Ooh. 
the DJ Reeds and the Michael Carters of the Jets, but also these are all just good corners. So uh, I give it to the Bills because I think they've got more consistency, more of a bunch of guys who are very good rather than having one stud and then some guys that can hang. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay, what about safety? Bills, absolutely. Um, This is not a a strength for the Jets, or at least last year it wasn't, and it probably won't be where people are focusing this year in terms of giving the Jets praise. Um, They've got a free safety in Tony Adams, who played sparingly last year but doesn't have a lot of experience. He is an undrafted rookie from last year that just played in the last couple games, and they're going to give him a shot back there. Um, and then their other starting safeties, Jordan Whitehead, who's been in the league since 2018, and he's had some up and down seasons. When you compare that to what the Bills have with Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde, it doesn't really compare at all. So, Bills. Yeah. They, the Jets got a big blow earlier this offseason when Chuck Clark went down with, I don't know if it's a season ending injury. I know he's on IR right now, but um, they could have been pretty fearsome backfield if he was healthy. He is not, and I love the Bills' safety position overall anyway, so for me, it's an easy call. Bills. And special teams? Uh, I'm going to go with... Hmm. Do we take returners into this? I would say yes. So I'm going to go with the Jets here. What? Why? Tom, Thomas Morstead, punter, is a guy who's been around the league for a long time, done it at a high level. Uh, Greg the Leg. He's dealt with some injuries and inconsistency, but uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not as high on Tyler Bass as you are. And I like the returners for the Jets a little bit better. Nicole Hardman, maybe, you know, he never panned out as a receiver with the Chiefs offense, but maybe his true calling is to be a badass returner. And uh, if not, they had a guy who looked very exciting in the preseason, Xavier Gibson, I think an undrafted rookie. And uh, yeah, Khalil Shakir hasn't done anything special as a returner. Deontay Hardy, have yet to see him perform um, in a Bills uniform. So I'm just going to go with the Jets special teams. Switch All it up right. a little bit. Uh, to me, it's as simple as Tyler Bass and Turd Ferguson compared to Greg Zerline and Thomas Hennessy. It's no contest. Everybody knows Thomas Turd Hen- Ferguson That's can a pretty cool snap name, the crap out of Thomas Hennessy. Thomas uh, and that's the end of that. I don't even care about returners. Okay. Okay. And last but not least, coaching. Oh, um, this is Sean McDermott, hands down. After watching Hard Knocks, the you phony hate, baloney I know, I Robert was just Sala. Just to say. Yeah, I can't stand him anymore. Oh I think God. he's an uninspiring leader at the very least. So uh, give me so, McDermott. So I saw your sister walking the dog around the neighborhood when I was back in the States and we spoke briefly and I asked if since she had been visiting you the previous weekend if she had watched Hard Knocks with you and she said yes and she immediately went on a tirade against Robert Sala and I knew then that you hated Robert Sala and must have been extremely vocal about it for her to have such a strong opinion or, as well. Or alternatively, uh, I get all she... my opinions from my sister. <laughs> exactly. It could, it could be that. Be that. It's could a be that, But I'm thinking that is not the case. I think Robert Sala is a very good head coach. I think that he was hamstrung by a total disaster at quarterback last year and has proven himself 
again and again as a very good defensive coach. And Nathaniel Hackett is coming over from, yeah, arguably one of the worst coaching jobs with the Denver Broncos, especially if you ask Sean Payton a, a season ago. But I think he's a much better fit as an offensive coordinator. And I thought he was awesome on Hard Knocks. Uh, he just like has a weird personality, and I like it. And I like the way he meshes with Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go Bills overall, but I think, uh, oh, and Jeff Ulbrich, their uh, defensive coordinator, seems like a badass as well. I'm going to go the Bills overall because I like Sean McDermott over uh, Robert Sala, but the Jets' assistants beat the Bills. Well, just basically Ken Dorsey for me, and it's Yeah, well, the Bills don't have any other assistants. Sean McDermott's just doing everything now, so. That's what I'm saying. It's It's, just the Bills. So Sean McDermott, yeah, overall, but. The Jets, I think, have a spicy coaching well, staff. Well, I think that that is a clear advantage to the Bills in most situations here, if you're adding those up. I think we like yeah. the Jets. Front seven of the defense, we maybe disagree about the, the cornerback position. Other than that, though, pretty straightforward Bills advantage in most departments. Um, so what does that lead to as far as a final score in your mind? Final score, I think I've spoken about this before. It wouldn't be the worst thing in my mind to start out with a loss, you know, punch to the teeth to say that, uh, you know, maybe you're not as good or you got to work a little bit harder now that everybody's out to get you this season. So I think that could happen week one, but I'm going to give it to the Bills. 27-21. I'm picking Bills 31-28. I think it's going to be a barn burner. We both have. uh, At MetLife Stadium. Yeah, we both did pick the Bills to win this game when we did our schedule prediction uh, about a month ago. So I was was a little nervous to see you deviating from that already in week one. But uh, yeah, Bills Bills (laughs) win. I really considered it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that means nothing to me. Like what I said three weeks ago, a month ago, that means nothing. Because as soon as as we stop recording, I forget everything (laughs) that I've said. All right. Well, I stick to my guns. And whatever I said three years ago, that is what I believe now, whether it makes sense or not. There is no budging. There you go. Yep. That's that's how you do it. Uh, Yeah. So we both had the bills. One and oh, baby. Probably on top of the AFC East. Hopefully on top. Yeah, definitely. On top of the AFC. uh, Huh? Now that the, the Chiefs are already down. So we got them out of the way. Yeah. So we feel pretty good heading into week one. Hope everybody else does too. Hold on, Survivor for listening to this. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, I got the Commanders. Oh man, I'm actually I I had the Commanders and I switched it, and we can't have the same team. So um, I I switched it this morning. I had Commanders, and then I just thought, you know, I don't like that anymore. Uh, the Commanders are going against the Cardinals. Cardinals are one of the favorites to finish last in the league, so I like that pick. But everyone in their mother is picking the Commanders to win this week, so I'm going to buck the trend just a tad, and yeah. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings, me. a team that's playing at home. Ooh. They've done a lot to their roster to make it worse, but they are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> who are maybe the worst roster in the league. Uh, so Ooh, wow. it's week one. It's at home. It's a team that made the playoffs last year, and I think they'll find a way to win. But, um, yeah, these are our guarantees, so we'll see how that works. I think we get three strikes, right? 
Yeah, which we is do. good because that allows strikes. us to get to at least like week five typically, and then it's all over. <laughs> right. Well, so I know what you mean. The commanders scare me. Week one just scares me because who knows what the right. hell is going to happen week one. Um, I think the Buccaneers are actually going to be kind of a sneaky team this year because if Baker Mayfield can just be a decent game manager, they still have a lot of pieces that won them a Super Bowl two, three seasons ago. Yeah. Um, and they have a very good uh, wide receiver. Is room, Mike so Evans even know. playing? I think they could be sneaky. Mike Evans is playing. He has announced that um, his self-imposed deadline for contract extension has passed and they will no longer be talking about a contract extension until the season is done. He hopes to finish his career in Tampa Bay, but I don't think that's the expectation mm, anymore. So he'll be out there giving it a, a half effort every game, probably. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to cash in and show people that he still has, uh, you know, still has some juice left heading into free agency. Yeah, next maybe. Uh, I think uh, Baker Mayfield's their quarterback, so that's at least exciting. You can watch Buccaneers games and have something fun to watch. Hopefully he's not a total disaster. But otherwise, it's kind of like, yeah, it's the same old offense, right? It's Chris Godwin. It's Mike Evans. Um, I don't even know who plays tight end for them. Although they don't have the same running back. Who the heck? The LSU guy. A giant LSU running back. Yeah, oh, where's Leonard he now? Fournette. I don't think he's on a team. Oh. I don't even know if he was on a team. Bills should last call season. him. Because he was <laughs> good. Stinks. <laughs> he was good yeah, in the playoffs. We We're going to need a lot of old guys to keep this going. Old guys can't play for that long. So Latavius Murray. He gets like three games, and then he'll get hurt, and Damian Harris has already been hurt. Yeah, just have a platoon exactly. of 30-year-old running backs. Although Leonard Fournette, man, how old do you think he is? Um, 29. He's 28 wow. years old. Feels like he yeah. should be 37. With the workload that running backs <laughs> like him get, he's been in the league forever. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Well, that's your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, only other thing before we close this out. Unbelievably disappointing result from the UB football game yesterday. I'm sure you watched. I'm sure you were glued to your television. Yes. Because oh yeah. Super after getting beaten by Wisconsin in the you know annual some big Power 5 team calls UB and hands them a million dollars to get slugged week one. After that, the Bulls typically do the same to some like Division Two team and called the Fordham Rams up to Buffalo yesterday. They right. were favored by 23 right, points right, right. and lost. <laughs> yeah. So UB on the off the foot of last year's special teams player of the year, Alex McNulty, missed a game tying field goal at the end, and that's it. So uh We'll not be talking a lot of UB football really? this season because it's already a very depressing start, and I don't see it going well. Maurice Linguist's job McNulty is... missed again. Yeah, huh? yeah he's, he's bad. He's very bad. Oh. I don't know why people think he's good, but <laughs> maybe it's just the bars low <laughs> for bad. college kickers. And I, it's a shame because he's from Caledonia, yeah, New man. York. He's from right down the road. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but Damn. I just... That's well. it. No longer pulling for the local kid. What are you going to do? So anyway, we got Bills football to look forward to. At least we won't have to talk UB football. It's going to be a good year for the Bills. Uh, go go Bills. Bills.